Hello, I'm Con. And I'm Stav. And, and we're we Eddie, Eddie Nucky. You're listening to Radio Karam. You're listening to Rowan Prant Method, where myself and a unique guest discuss topics that I'm interested in and that you might find relevant to your life. On today's episode, we have Adrian Sally, who is a strategist in IT. I just butchered the name. He's told me probably five times before we've gone live, and I still got it wrong. But he is also a, man, a Mankind Project Men's Work Facilitator. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Great to have you here as well, mate. So... Let's get a bit of a background story. Yep. I really want to be talking about your work with men's work, but let's get to the point that you actually ended up uh, experiencing these things for yourself before mm-hmm. your journey that you've gone through. Yep. That started in about 2012. Um, I had this experience that with a good sense of humour and also some reflection and going, oh, shit, I was in a situation where yet another relationship ended. And I was looking back and what's that common denominator? It's not the other person. It's me. And so um, at that period of time, I was away doing an African drumming weekend and bumped into a guy and he said, I've just done this men's work weekend thing. It's changed my life. And I said, okay, tell me a little bit about it. He said, well, here's a bit of information, but I suggest you go and do it. I had no idea what I was signing up for. Sign up for the Mankind Project New Warrior Training Adventure in two weeks. And then finished work that Friday, drove to the event space, and then I thought, I have no idea what I'm about to experience. I have no idea what I just signed up for and went through that that weekend. And that weekend was incredibly powerful. It taught me a lot. Um, that weekend starts on a Friday, ends on a Sunday, and you go through about 50 processes during that. For me, it was an education in terms of there's a different way of being when it comes to being a man. Uh, but one of the most special gifts I saw there was uh, elder men and eldership being modelled in a different way. That weekend is held by a group of elders. They have that role, that specific role that uh, they're not there to do anything, but they hold the space for that whole weekend. Things happen, men wobble, there's lots of emotions come up, and those elders are there to catch all of that. That can even happen for the leadership team as well. But what I got from those men when I sat around a fire with them is they asked me some really deep questions. You know, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Who do I serve? What's my role in my family? And I couldn't answer many of those questions. But during that whole weekend, they were just there holding and guiding. And if you had an issue or went something went wrong, they were there to hold you and guide you um, with care, with love, but with a bit of strength as well. So I got a huge amount from that. And that whole weekend was in brotherhood, going through ordeals with other brothers, learning from that whole process. I had a really big process in terms of it took me back to my childhood where I felt like I couldn't do anything wrong. And so I had a process where I had to do everything wrong in front of a group of men. So that was that was <laughs> that was a, that was a, a full-on experience for me, yes. What did your ex-partners think about you never being able to do anything wrong? <laughs> <laughs> they, great question. Um, <laughs> it's a joke, don't worry, yes. you don't have to answer it. Yes. But um, what made you realise you were the problem? Because I love that. Because I have this conversation with a lot of people because when you identify that you are the problem, you can also be the solution. But if it's everyone else's fault, you really don't have any power to do anything. You're just blowing in the wind. So yes. you obviously hadn't had any experience of men's work. So what got you to that point before joining Mankind Project? I felt like at that point where that relationship was ending, um, I, I had to be honest and step back. And I felt like I wasn't stepping into the relationship well in that situation. And I've done that a few times, uh, quite a few times. And so... Seeing that pattern um, occurring and being honest with myself and going, yep, I'm doing that and I've done that multiple times, I need to do something about that. So 
taking that time to reflect and going, yep, uh, there was there were tough things that we both did in that relationship. There was stuff that I found very difficult in the way that she was uh, acting, but I could see my patterns then were creating some of those things as well. So it wasn't just I could say, well, it's just my partner's fault. Yeah, there was a lot here that I was doing that was creating instability in the in the relationship. Not stepping in, trying to do things always correctly, trying to be the perfect partner but not being vulnerable or not um, talking about really um, where I was coming from or some of my needs, that was set, setting up also the some of the structure for that relationship not to work well. Such a good spot because not many people reflect on how they could have acted differently, what mm. they have done to contribute to the situation. There's always pointing fingers in the blame game for a lot of people in a victim mentality. Mm. Personally, when you're stuck in that state, I don't think it's very empowering because you don't have the power to change anything about it. But mm. you, it's taken you on this journey and now you're helping other men throughout various projects. It's amazing. Mm. So in terms of Mankind Project, give us the rundown. What is the goal? And just so that everyone knows, I've actually experienced this new warrior training. Highly recommend it. I'll probably talk a little bit about it later and probably on future episodes as well. But mm. Adrian, explain what the process is. The at, at its core, I think the Mankind Project started in the US in the 80s, late 80s. It formally became the Mankind Project in the 90s. By I think it was started by two men in the mental health and psychology area plus a man that had come from a military background. Yeah. I think what drove them was what we're seeing in modern society is there's a lack of initiation from boyhood to, to man. That used to happen before the industrial age. You would then learn what it meant to be a man because you were working alongside your uncle and your father. Your, your male figures were there strongly with you teaching you what it meant to be a man. And many cultures still have that initiation process where you've got to go through an ordeal, you've got to be separated from the women in the tribe, you've got to then learn what it means to be accountable and responsible. Mm -hmm. And there's many tribes that still do that now. So these three men, I think, identified that there's a real missing um, transition from boyhood to man. And so what they want to do is re-establish re that and create uh, a process of uh, the hero's journey being called descending, being, being going through a, a significant ordeal that could involve going deep within and, and looking at your demons, coming out of that ordeal and then reintegrating back into, uh, back into society. So they've crafted this weekend now to take men on that journey. Yeah. And I think there's some real magic with men doing men's work. Um, I'm seeing that when I'm in a men's circle, I'm different than when I'm in a mixed circle. In a men's circle, um, I find it easier to hold other men to account and for them to hold me into account. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's uh, clearer around accountability and, um, yeah, accountability and integrity in, in some of those spaces. Can you expand on that? I'm just curious. What do you mean by holding someone accountable? I do what I say I'm going to do. And yeah. when I don't, someone calls me on it. So if I have agreed to do something and I don't do it, um, so in the, some of the men's groups I'm part of with the Mankind Project, we have a start of the circle. Are we in account accountability? Have I kept my agreements in the circle? And if I haven't, I need to own up to that and potentially do a process around that so that the circle remains safe. Wow. I love that because... It's amazing, even when I first started off in the fitness industry, how many people come and go, look, I need someone to keep me accountable. But they can't keep themselves accountable. They can't stick to their word at all. They rely, they're ex externalising all these things when clearly they need to be able to hold themselves to a higher standard. Mm. How do you think you cultivate that in people? I think, first off, discussing that 
that that principle of accountability, talking about what it means, talking about then what does it mean when you're not accountable. Mm. And with that greater awareness, is that something then you want to sign up for and be part of? Um, so we will talk in circles around accountability is have, we, have I made any agreements in the circle and have I kept them? Yeah. And I can be honest and say, well, I haven't, and do something about that. So I think it's talking about the, the process, talking about the structure, and then getting an agreement in terms of, you know, is this what you want to step up for? We also have accountability buddies. So I will agree to do something, and I'll do that within a certain period, and I can ask for some support. So I'm not accountable to you, but what I'm going to do is just check in with you as a buddy to say, yes, I have done that. And yeah. that person will check in on me and say, yep, I haven't heard from you, have you? Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's support. I just to share a bit about my story, so everyone listening, I make it my business to know most things that are happening in the personal and professional development space. And our connection and relationships are such an important aspect when it comes to well being for anyone. And I wanted to know what support groups were available to men in the area. Uh, we had one of our guests, Tanu, who came on and he was talking about primal screaming and he actually attended uh, Island of Man, which we'll talk about later with Adrian. And I spoke with Adrian and he referred me on to Mankind Project. So off I went to the New Warrior Training. Didn't think I was going to get anything out of it personally. I wanted to know what was there for other people, but I got so much out of it that I did not expect. It was tr uh, truly a unique and amazing experience. Definitely worth doing. And I highly recommend that if you have access to the New Warrior Training, you commit to it. Not only is it a very empowering process to go through, but it's also a digital detox, which is also a great thing. But yeah, there's a connection, vulnerability, regulating emotions. There's so many aspects and the friendships that you make after it is astronomical. I catch up with the guys that I caught up with recently. Uh, it's great just to have that brotherhood aspect. So Adrian, why do people keep coming back to Mankind Project? Because the thing that really stood out to me was how many volunteers got behind it, people from interstate, people from other countries that all came to support people going through that process. Mm -hmm. What brings them back? I can talk from my experience. Love um, to hear that. I got so much gold from that first weekend. I mentioned eldership and seeing that model was amazing. Also to understand myself a lot better, both the gold parts I have and the shadow. Um, and during that weekend, we craft a statement of our um, mission on this planet. So mine is to create a world of joy through human connection. But we also explore what's the shadow? What's those parts of me that I don't want to acknowledge, repress or deny? And there's a mission around that. I create a very cold world through um, disconnection and control, isolation and control. So there are elements of the weekend that uh, I get this, this amazing sense of achievement and also reward by exploring myself deeper. And there are times it's very yucky as well. And I walk away going, that's heavy what I've just learned. Uh, a couple of weekends I've been in tears just as stuff has come up. I think all of those men go along, so speaking mostly for myself, I see a lot of men going to these weekends to volunteer to get, again, some of that magic that happens. But also why I do Island of Men is at the end of that day, I see the gold that men have got from that weekend. They have come away a little bit lighter. They've come away more connected to their hearts. They've come away feeling more connected in the communities. So I think there's a combination of I get gold by going to the weekend and volunteering, 
and also I can see the gold that other men have. Yeah. I've made a difference in terms of other men's lives. And you were part of the community integration night where men then shared in front of their families what they got. Mm. And also the family shared, wow, I've just seen um, my husband. I heard one story, um, hopefully that's okay to share, but I heard one man um, say that, yeah, sorry, one wife's share, there's a light on in my husband that's never been there for years. So wonderful to hear that. So I get a sense of, yeah, it's, it's, that's my payment for the weekend that I see that happen and I see that experience for other people. It's amazing. I was talking to people about finding happiness or cultivating it and creating it. And I really think that it comes from serving others. Personally, anyway, and through that experience, even with the helping relationships that I have, you guys are doing this on a massive level. Can you explain what Island of Men is? Because I'm yet yeah. to experience that. Yeah, certainly. So uh, I'll start with a different, um, a different event that occurs annually. So there's Menergy that happens. Uh, this year it's on the 5th to the 8th of October. And Menergy's been going for, I think, at least 10 years. Mm. Um, and so, and I haven't been, I'm going there the first time this year. Menergy's a wonderful experience of men going into a regional part of Victoria and there's sharing circles into groups and, and spending a lot of time just get, getting a deeper relationship and connection with other men. Plus there's a whole number of workshops like Primal Scream or Breathwork or Meditation that men will put on to share their gifts. Mm. So that weekend, that weekend occurs every year, and so that creates some wonderful connections. Um, they've got up to 200 men or more in some of those, we those events. We'll get, I think they'll get the same this year. What occurred then in 2018 is a couple of guys looked at the amazing connections that occurred within Menergy. So these men would come every year, go, wow, it's so great to see you. How's your family? We talked about all these different events that occurred last year. How's it going for you? So love, connection, and some really deep conversations. And so these two men decided, well, why wait a year for these other connections to occur? So out of that idea came Island of Men. Mm. Let's get the community back together more often with some structure. So Island of Men happens where we all arrive on the day. There's a welcoming ceremony, a drop-in, a meditation, so all really present. We have sharing circles and the facilitated content, more sharing circles, and then we close. Mm. Um, I've just gone through very quickly, but it's just a beautiful experience on that yeah. day. So Menergy happened. These two guys decided, right, we'll do it more regularly. And so Island of Men got uh, created, and it first happened on Heron Island. So there was a whole group of men that uh, attended there and had this amazing experience. Um, unfortunately, Heron Island became double in price, so we've had to move. Mm. Um, but at one point, there was 200 men that was on Heron Island as part of an Island Men event. Yeah, yep. I think that's what I heard about through Tanu, the yoga teacher that came on. Great mm. conversation. And he really spoke highly of Island of Men, hence mm. how I stumbled across you. Menergy is another one. I haven't attended yet, but I planned on attending last year, but had an injury and just wasn't able to make it, unfortunately. Mm. So I'd love to attend this year and yep. see what's happening there. So... There's a lot of support out there for men, but people just aren't aware of it. Why mm. is that? Why are people not talking about it? I know it's starting to gain a bit of popularity now, yep. but there's like obviously Iron of Man. I wouldn't have known anything about it if it wasn't just for the fact that one of my guests was talking about primal screaming and I asked the question and mm. it sort of led me down the rabbit hole to doing my own new warrior training and everything else that followed. Mm. So how do we get the word out? Great question. I'm finding too, I want to invite as many men to Island of Men as possible. Um, I'd love to get us back to 200 men. I'd love more men to come along and just experience the magic of the day. There, we are struggling at times to get men along. I think the best way we get men along is word of mouth. Yeah. And we are putting some stuff on social media and email and so on. But I'm finding with men, 
areas that we talk about in terms of men's work or sharing emotions or sharing circles, uh, if it's not referred to by another man, they're a bit reluctant. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole thing that, unfortunately, with my experience of growing up as a young boy and a man, don't don't show emotions, don't cry. You've got to be tough. Yeah. Then the idea of going and speaking to emotions uh, on an island man event, no, why would I do that? So I think we're dealing with some of that stigma also. But to your to your key question. How do we get the word out? Um, we're trying to do it through social media and through the communities that we have right now. Um, there's also a website called Men, Men's, uh, sorry, Cecil's Men's Hub, where he's trying to put a directory together. He's doing some amazing work of all the men's um, facilitators and events that happen in Australia and globally. So we're trying to get the word out. He's trying to get the word out that way as well. Fantastic. Um, but you're right. It's it's not that well known. Yeah, I, as I said, I stumbled across it because just through my experience working with men through counselling and coaching, mm. relationships is one of the biggest issues, connection. And so many people are looking for connection in all the wrong places. It's leading to addiction, it's leading to crime. And then a lot of people that we talk to, once they leave their toxic environments or probably the less than ideal places, they struggle with connections, they fall back into those dark places. Mm. People don't have that support. There's a lot of successful people that are isolated and hence what stumbled, or why I sort of came to check out what you guys were doing, which was amazing. You touched on the topic of people sharing and being vulnerable. Most people really struggle to even do that with a counsellor or mm. a psychologist. So in front of a room full of men where they can be judged would be a very confronting thing. It is, it's quite overwhelming. There is a confidentiality issue, isn't there? It's everything is confidential. There's an agreement when people go through. Correct. Yes, yes. yes. Yep. So just to make that clear for everyone because it is very daunting. Even when I do counselling, people ask, you know, is this going to be passed on to someone else? It does put people's mind at ease. You also mentioned emotions. I believe that most men learn from a young age that, as you said, it's not okay to cry. Emotions are a sign of weakness. And the only way that they're really taught that it's acceptable for them to express it it's through aggression and sometimes through the other extreme violence. That's generally what men learn to challenge or express big feelings. How can we change that? I think through education and modelling. So what I got out of Island of Men and, and MKP was other men demonstrating that for me mm. and being vulnerable. Okay, when I see that, I can follow. So I think we definitely need... Uh, a bit of education in terms of what are emotions and if you only express the anger and frustration, sadness, shame, guilt and all of those sorts of things will come out sideways, will come out in very unhealthy ways. There are healthy ways to express that emotion. So some of that e education around how to, to tap into that and express that I think is important. But I think it, what's really helped me in these circles is, is seeing another man go first. Yeah. yeah. So you're like... It's a big responsibility to lead. And even for me, I've talked about vulnerability for many years. I've held space for people. I've understood the concept, but I didn't really put myself in vulnerable positions, mm. particularly when you normally have the coach's hat on and you're normally facilitating work for other people. Not many people check in with you and give you that opportunity to actually share. It was an amazing experience. It was uncomfortable at first, but I stepped into it. And I highly recommend that people do it. So in terms of leading, guys, I can highly recommend it. Give it a go. It's a safe, supportive environment. You're surrounded by great men. There's literally hundreds, probably thousands around the country of people that have gone through this process. Mm. What do you think – I want to ask you this question because I thought it was very valuable in terms of when I did uh, the New Warrior training. What is the definition of a man in terms of 
let me phrase this in two parts. The definition of a man through modern society and the definition of a man through Mankind Project and how do they differ? Very big question. I don't know if I can answer that. With, uh, <laughs> well, let's say you're not speaking on behalf of Mankind Project. <laughs> let's just say yep. in terms of you, yep. what do you think the difference is between the role model or the, the model of men that you're trying to develop and cultivate within Mankind Project, within these mm -hmm. men groups, within Island of Men, compared to the general man that's struggling in the world? We're wanting to help men determine... Uh, the different elements of them and to be the best versions of themselves and to decide what that is. Yes. We talk through archetypes to help model some of that or put some structure around that. So there's a book called The King, Warrior, Lover, Magician, which talks about different elements of ourselves. And there's also the primeval or extinctual part of us as well. And um, I love it too that Mankind Project 2 is weaving in. There's also the feminine inside of me as well. So I think getting greater awareness about those elements of me, getting greater awareness of uh, what I want to serve and what I think my purpose in life is, and that could be as big or as little as you want it to be, um, but then to act in a place of an alignment to whatever you choose you want to be um, will then give you a sense of integrity. Um, we're, we're trying to encourage men that are um, clear and a bit about who they are, and the bits that they're not so clear about, that's all okay. Be the best versions of themselves and seek to um, act in service in their family and their, in their communities. Great answer. You are mentioning about being in alignment with the way that you want to be and the life that you want to live. Mm. What are some of the things, the negative things that come up when someone isn't living in alignment? Because personally, I, I've been in many positions when I was younger where I was not living in alignment with my values. Mm. I was preaching health and fitness, but I was not living a life of health and fitness and many other things. And I know a lot of men go through that same thing and then there's shame and all these things that come attached to that. What are the negative things on your perspective that comes with not living in alignment? Well, I think it definitely can lead to guilt and shame. And if that isn't acknowledged or I think addressed, and I've, I've had periods of my life too where that's been very strong, and then what I've noticed in myself is then how do I numb that? How do I switch off from that? How do I detach from that? Or how do I suppress or avoid those feelings, which can lead to um, not great behaviours in terms of... Maladaptive coping strategies. Correct, yeah. yes, or alcohol or other things, yes, to avoid those feelings, mm. yes. However, um, then it's not about, well this is all wrong and I need to change significantly, then what small steps can I can I put in place to maybe reverse that direction? So it's not about, okay, this is really wrong and I'm not following my mission or I'm not in alignment. Yep, okay, so acknowledging that and being honest around that, but then taking small steps in the other direction. Yeah, yeah. great strategy. So in terms of shadow work, can you explain the difference between shadow, between goal setting or ego or anything like that, just for people that might not be aware of it? Shadow work, yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we define shadow work as um, looking into those parts that you hide, repress or deny. Yeah, So we've all got them. Yes, we have. Yes, um, I, I have some very good ones. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, it's, it's then trying to explore those things. And as an example, I was, I was in one group where I was just sitting in a whole lot of anger, um, I think anger about the past, and I said to the facilitator at that point, I want this anger gone, I want it out of my system, um, I, I want to destroy it. And uh, this beautiful man, John, he said to me, you cannot destroy that part of you. It's served you in some way. It's protected you in some way. 
it's not not doing the great job now because that anger is actually destructive in your in your world right now but maybe when you were 14 15 that was a great way of coping what was what was happening in in your surrounding environment so let's look at that there's some dysfunctional anger coming up there's some shadow driving that which was i was incredibly unresourceful say at 15 let's go to that and try and look at why that occurred Um, look at the beliefs i created at that point and then maybe reprogram those so I can come back and integrate that anger and say, yep, thank you for being there. Thank you for trying to serve me. You're not doing it quite in the right way now. And I just need to, to morph and change the way that that's appearing and coming into my life. And I'm, and I'm not being led by it anymore. It's a great process of acknowledging that those maybe undesirable behaviours or parts of you actually served a purpose of fulfilling a need. And yes. you know, th- otherwise it wouldn't be there. All behaviour, there's a need behind it. So yes. I love that you're acknowledging that. What is the vision for you in terms of men's work? I know you've been a facilitator, you've done NLP, you've done numerous things. What is the dream for you, if you don't mind sharing? I'm just curious. The dream is is something like Island of Men, that it's global, and should any man need a place to feel connection or community, they'll find it with us and we're available to support any man in whatever they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I was blown away by how different all the men were. Obviously, they're all there for a similar reason. They had different stories, but we had guys from the military, we had people from hmm. government, we had people from all sorts of different groups, uh, everywhere, all, di- all these different people all coming together and sharing stories and holding space for each other. It was remarkable to see. Hmm. So in terms of moving forward for a man, if they want to step out and find connection, I know there's I groups. How can people find them? And what actually goes on in an I group? Great. So to, to find uh, an iGroup, which is a Mankind Project regular meeting, uh, Mankind Project Victoria, is a, there's a website there, and that'll have a listing of all the iGroups that happen in Victoria. Um, Mankind Project Australia will have links to the different states and what happens in each of those. So there's iGroups across most states in Australia. Um, so find it through those websites. Yeah. There'll be a, a list of web, uh, iGroups on there. So they tend to happen every two weeks. And w- what to expect on those those nights? They'll run for a couple of hours and uh, there'll be a bit of a drop-in ceremony where we drop in and just say, okay, we now need to switch off from today and whatever's happened today, let's drop into the space and be really present. Then we'll do some processes around, like I said before, accountability and integrity. Are we all sitting in agreement and is everyone fine and feeling safe in, in the circle? And then we'll do a workaround where we might look at, well, I'm really struggling here. Can I have a bit of support? Mm. Um, and I had a wonderful experience last week where I was sitting on some grief and I didn't know what it was. Um, so sat in circle and, and there was a man there that facilitated that process for me. Where's that grief coming from? Can you, take, can you really feel that grief? When in the past did that manifest? And I was able to express that. And I had this wonderful reaction from a young man sitting next to me and he's gone, well, I feel like I don't need to look up to you anymore and I had you on a pedestal because you've been doing this for so long. I now feel like we're two men on the same path. Wow. So that was a nice nice reflection where, yep, I don't have everything sorted out either. There's a lot of stuff that I'm not doing very well either yeah. and we're, we're both on a learning path. Yep. It's amazing that you're still consistently doing the work because many people – I'm not going to say which professions, but there are a lot of people out there that get a qualification and they think the work is done and they don't make it a personal thing where they don't share their shadow, they don't share their elements, so they don't really present as a human, they're just someone spitting facts and Mm. it's not really a very personal relationship. I love that. 
if you don't mind, obviously leaving names out, are you able to mention just some transformations, just a few different ones, experiences that you might have seen that have stood out through your years through the work? Obviously, yes. if you can't share details, that's completely fine, but just uh, something that might be able to relate to a few people that are listening. Yes. Uh, I think I probably can share a couple. That I won't mention names to, of course. Be, to keep it confidential, but there was one really moving experience I saw while overseas on a training. Um, we were all supporting a man doing his process and what came up for him, he said, um, I've got a lot of sorrow and sadness because my father was, wasn't really there around for me and I had a friend of mine who was, third, uh, I think, three years older than I was. So I was 14, 15, he was uh, 17, 18. He was teaching me to be a man. He was guiding me. He was giving me advice. He was, it was someone I could go to and uh, ask for guidance as I was changing from being a teenager and then morphing into a man. Unfortunately, he died um, very, very, I think it was a car crash or something along those lines. So it was something that happened as a big shock for him. And he said, I miss him, but I'm angry with him as well. Mm -hmm. So we set up a process where we asked another man in that circle to hold that energy of that man that died and lay him down. And we put a, a sheet over him and we said to the man going through the process, this is a visualization for your healing and your purpose. We want you to let out some of that grief and let it go. As with the anger, it's all stuck inside with you right now. So this man is going to come back to life. We're going to do a visualization. You've got five minutes to speak to him. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to inject now uh, this imaginary fluid and he's going to wake up and you've got five minutes with him. And we did that and we pulled the sheet back and this man just let all of that emotion, that anger, that sadness and spoke to him about, I really miss you. I've missed you so much. You've not been here to guide me. I've, I've struggled. It would have been so much better if you were here and I miss you so much and I love you. Wow. And see, we were all in tears. Yeah. About watching this guy, that, that weight on his shoulders just disappeared during that process and he looked so much lighter at the end of that. So that was an incredible process to be part of. Wow. I wonder how long he was carrying that for. How old was he? Uh, he was late 20s at that point. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. good that he got in early. Mm. So it's amazing for young men in their early 20s, late 20s to be able to go through this because some people get into it later in life. Obviously, mm. any time, it's never too late. But to get this out of the way early and let go of these things that are holding you back, that's always in the unconscious mind, it's amazing experience. And, and also to get you, give you then some tools to then navigate this in the future. So life, life will always throw us up challenges. There's going to be loss. There's going to be... Um, times when life just doesn't work out, there's going to be relationship endings or really tough things at, at, at your work and so on. Here's some tools to try and navigate that. Here's some tools to potentially um, just be a bit more clear in terms of what's happening in terms of your emotions. And then there's support around. So if you want to come to an iGroup, they happen every two weeks. Yep. You can come and do your work there. So what are the main emotions that come up? I know you mentioned shame, joy. What else? I think we have five key ones that we use. There's so many different emotions we're trying to, to summarise. Yeah. yeah, so I would say joy, love, guilt, shame, anger, yeah, and fear. Mm. Yeah, Very interesting. Mm. So mental fitness, what mm. is mental fitness to you? Mental fitness? I think it was a quote from Simon Sinek, um, and I love listening to him. Um, he said, we talk about mental health and mental wellness, but he said, in my opinion, mental fitness is about I can be fit with my, my body and I can do all these different exercises and do rituals and do um, regular exercise to look after my body. I can do the same for my mind. Yeah. 
And so that can be healthy habits in terms of journaling, uh, it can be eating well, it can be making sure you're sleeping correctly. But I think there's a whole lot of things that we can do to cultivate better mental fitness, which means regular activity in that space, discipline in that space, but we get huge rewards when we do do that. So for me, um, meditation is quite key in my life. Yeah. Um, exercise is also very important. Sometimes you know, I get stuck in my head a lot. Yeah. Um, how, do I, how do I shift that? How do I um, clear out the cobwebs? Getting into nature is, is really important, I think, also. Um, and then connecting with friends and family. So I think there's many things that we can do to really support our mental fitness. It's mm. amazing. What Have you got any advice for people that are looking to strengthen their relationships with people? Because you mentioned how this is an element of mental fitness, mm-hmm. connection, relationships. It's big in Mankind Project. I know when people are meeting together and they're there specifically for that reason, do they struggle integrating that into their other relationships outside of these main group circles? So we learn all these techniques and so on in the men's groups. Do we then struggle to bring them into yeah, other like relationships? Yeah, into other relationships. Yeah. Like, yeah, is, a, is it an issue? Because, or do people have to be one way in one particular part of the world, whereas separate when they go back to their family? Or is that integration pretty seamless? I haven't experienced it being very seamless. Yeah. Um, I've, I've brought that into many of my men's uh men's social connections now and and through all the men's work I've now created a lot of uh, friendships in that space and so we have some wonderful and deep conversations. Um, I've then explored that with some other friends and some are really on board. Let's talk about something a bit deeper and do you want to be part of these men's groups? And some say yes and some say no. Mm. And I've had friends who say no, that's not for me. Um, That's not something I really want to explore in that sort of environment. So I completely respect that decision as well. and I'm just reflecting now that I've struggled at times in, um, in my romantic partnerships of being vulnerable because to me uh, I'm, I'm okay in the men's space of being vulnerable because I, I know how that works and I know I'll be, uh, they'll be treated confidentially and so on. But with my partner, oh, I'm feeling a bit weak here and I'm feeling that I'm not doing my job as the, the male in the relationship. Yeah. I sometimes have that going on. So... For me personally, I sometimes struggle to bring that into, say, romantic relationships. Um, but it's interesting, it's, I've had an experience of it coming into my work as well. And I've had a few other men that have been part of Mankind Project that brought some of these, this thinking into their work environments. How do we be a bit more accountable? How do we be a bit more open and vulnerable in the work that we do? Um, and it was really interesting. I had an experience, I think it was about uh, six or seven months ago, where... I was asked by our managing director, that we were all asked, stand up and uh, just to introduce yourself and what do you do, what's your passion outside of work? And I said, well, I'm involved in men's work, um, mental, mental well-being and uh, supporting men and, and creating a community, create, uh, connecting with themselves, nature and the community uh, of, of our men's work. And it was really interesting because that night at dinner, I had one man come up and share a very personal story. and. That was just amazing that all of a sudden my relationship with him was a work one and now it's gone very much deeper. Yeah. He shared something very deep and very personal about his family life and I just felt in awe and an honoured to have him sharing that with me. Yeah, It's a great thing to see, even with the work that I've done with people, when they come and share with a stranger but they feel safe, 
The ripple effect after it, all of a sudden they start opening up dialogue with other people, their partners, mm. maybe their brother, maybe their friends. It just starts this thing where they start holding space for other people and it just starts to spread. It's amazing. So the work that you're doing where you're getting 50 to 100, even 200 men for some things, it's going to have some massive changes out there in the community. It's mm. some pretty exciting stuff. Mm. How does – can you explain the journey process? Because I'm, I'm familiar with this. Oh, yes. So um, in 2000. 12 was the time that I did Mankind Project weekend. And I also did a Vipassana weekend as well. So, all right, I want to I explore everything and learn more yeah. about how this ticks, yeah. how my mind ticks. And then I took uh, the next year off, 2013, and went traveling to try and learn. So I was learning African drumming in Africa and a bit of drumming in Cuba um, and some in Brazil. But while I was in Europe, I, I learned uh, NLP and met one of the founders. And that, that was... That was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience where at the core of what he was trying to teach was our outcomes can change based on our physiology. Yeah. If my state is one of uh, being tired or down or not feeling great and I'm wanting to get an outcome, it's probably not going to be a great one. But if I walk into, say, a work environment and I'm really on and I'm very, very confident and I'm very passionate about what I'm doing, I'm likely to get a much better outcome. So... He was teaching techniques to change our physiology, change our state. So I did that. And then also um, there's a book called The Journey written by a woman who had um, the size of a basketball tumour in her in her, um, in her her system. And through just, I think, intense uh, internal work, discovered that was all just really stuck emotions and all this trauma from her past and healed it. Wow. And she then learnt NLP and a few other techniques. And so she's now got this beautiful process called the journey where it's a guided process. Someone facilitates you. And you go on this journey of, first of all, exploring your body, what's really alive for you, then exploring what's the story around that, and then going deeper to a real sense of peace, a a sense of real deep um, connection to soul almost. So it's a guided process there. And then from that place of just pure acceptance and love, let's come back. And let's fireside chat what happened there. So there's probably someone else involved. Let's let's hear what they had to say from a place of unconditional love, not all the ego and the emotion that occurred during that period. So say, for example, you had a massive argument with a parent and really damaging things were said and you felt very hurt and maybe unsafe at that point. Okay, but behind all of that, what was really going on for the both of you? Maybe both sides are very hurt. So there's this fireside chat where you don't forgive the behaviours, but you forgive the soul of the other person. So it's a beautiful healing process, guided, that takes you on that journey. Wow. There's so many good things out there. You literally could spend the rest of your life learning about it, couldn't you? Definitely. My introduction to probably the personal development space was also Vipassana. I did 10-day silence in a Buddhist temple in Thailand. I think I was 22 just before I turned 23. Hardest thing I ever did at that point. Things definitely got a lot harder as things are... Had some interesting experience throughout life, but yeah, that was my introduction to it. How did you find it? Was uh, mindfulness, and do you still incorporate it now? To be honest, at the end of the nine days, I always said I want my money back. Yeah, really. (laughs) Um, And the lesson in that is, I made it a lot harder than I needed to make it. Um, So I had a few friends recommend it, and they said, "You by day five or six, you're going to have this massive sense of uh, bliss." So great, that's what I'm signed up for. (laughs) I didn't get that. I want my money back, even yeah. though it's by donation. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> so your expectation was day five, state of bliss. Exactly. Uh, I'm in pure nirvana. I am blissed out. Nothing is concerning me. Um, I went into that experience. I had a knee operation, so I'd never sat cross-legged. Yeah. 
and my knees are not great. So sat down for the first day and I was in a lot of pain. Day two was horrendous. Mm. Um, did I then change or do anything? So day three I asked, you're allowed to speak once, and I asked the, the facilitator there, I'm in a huge amount of pain. He said, you'll be fine, it'll go. I said, no, I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> so I then decided to sit on a chair, but then I fell asleep. So I thought, no. I have to have the full experience. I want the bliss. I'm sitting back on the floor yeah. and I'm in incredible pain. Wow. So I had, I think I had five or six days of just immense pain. Day six, I started to feel brilliant. I thought, it's coming. Nirvana, the bliss is coming. <laughs> yeah. And day seven, back into the pain again. <laughs> so there was a little interlude to day yeah. six where it wasn't there. That's uh, very interesting. It's yes. funny. Uh, when I did the new warrior training, I actually needed a double hip replacement. And getting up and down off the floor all the time, my hips were absolutely wrecked. I got through it, but yeah, it was, uh, I'm like, I'm going to hold on. I'm getting through this. I can do it. And they're like, and we're sitting down here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is thing, but it just comes with that process. It seems like it's a part of the journey in some way, shape or form, just mm. getting through that discomfort physically and emotionally and mentally all together. And, so- and in that experience, it was interesting because um, I know that some friends have gone through that old experience and they've gone, actually this is my choice here. I'm feeling very painful. I'm actually not going to do the next sitting. That didn't even occur to me. So wow. I, that was a good lesson for me as well. I made that quite difficult, that whole process. But there were amazing moments as well too. I think I remember walking out at, at the end of one night feeling just exhausted, but amazing, amazing sense of achievement. And some of those practices, which you would probably would have experienced as well, your mind is so much more focused Yeah. because you're doing a one thing for seven hours. Yeah. It's remarkable. In, where do you see men's movement moving to in the future? Because obviously you talk about your goals, but what's the next big thing? What do you think is coming next? Obviously, if you've got anything uh, planned for yourself, you do not have to reveal them. Mm-hmm. But what do you think is happening? Uh, a lot of people out there doing work, it's becoming more popular, particularly over social media. There's a lot of things. Where is it leading to? Just from your personal perspective. I, I really hope that uh, these things are just normal parts of life. For and it starts in teenage years. That yeah. th- this is just normal ways of interacting, and it happens in schools, and then it just happens in everyone's life going from that point forward. So we don't have to talk about this thing called men's work. It just sort of happens. It's part of our normal life. That would be for me what would be the perfect future state. That what we're seeing then, if we go into schools, uh, groups of uh, students having more in-depth and real conversations and talking from a place of vulnerability and it's safe and it's held and there's accountability and there's an integrity in those conversations. That is a great vision. I love that. I know a lot of people out there that have made silly mistakes because they didn't have the best role models at a certain point when they were in Mm. a vulnerable stage of development when they're younger and it led to all sorts of problems throughout their life. And then obviously they've found groups like Mankind Project, Island of Men, etc., to find elders and other people to role model safe, appropriate behaviour. Can you explain what vulnerability is? Because there's a lot of mixed opinions around what is actually involved with being vulnerable. Some people view it as a weakness. Some people view it as a cry for attention, pity party. Other people view it as a strength. So what is vulnerability to you? Uh, I think vulnerability is when I am having to draw into courage and bravery to share something that I don't want to share. It's it's uh, an area that I'm not proud of or I'm suppressing or I'm not feeling comfortable or I'm not in my power, but I have the, the, the courage to share that. It's a great question because I'm um, seeing also uh, in some psychological movements where 
people are talking about, oh, I want to be vulnerable, I just had this trauma about three years ago and this is all the story around it. Um, that's such a well-played story. I don't know if that's that vulnerable anymore. Yeah. Um, so that to me is not so much vulnerable. That's a well-played story that you have running. To and they talk know about. the outcome. They know the response because they've yeah. done it before. Yeah, I've, I've, I've expressed this story eight times, 20 times before, and I'm okay in expressing that now. That to me is not so vulnerable. Um, vulnerability is, hey, I don't even know how to say this right now. I'm, I'm really struggling now. I'm noticing my system that, um, I'm wanting just to, to leave here. I don't want to talk about what, what's going on for me right now and it's feeling very awkward and I'm off-centre. That, to me, is much more vulnerable. Yeah. Um, th- as That's opposed a scary to- thing. Like, I don't think... It's not for the faint of heart it, uh, for people to actually go for. Mm. Yeah. So in terms of vulnerability with your definition, would people be encouraged to pick and choose where they present this side of themselves? You know, ideally in safe places They like- definitely need to pick and choose yeah. where they to, to share that because um, number one you have to feel that it's safe and it's going to be held correctly mm. I've had one experience in a circle where um, there was a process going on and then all of a sudden it flipped and someone else then got very they they looked at me and they said I don't feel safe around you and I feel very worried about sitting in a circle with you and then all of a sudden I thought it was my process now it became theirs and I allowed that to happen and all of a sudden, I got accused of being an unsafe man and unsafe in their community and so on. Unfortunately, it was a lot of trauma from this woman's past. Yeah. Um, was this in a mixed circle, obviously? It was a mixed circle. And then, unfortunately, that kept playing out and her partner was facilitating the circle. So it all game became messy. And the lesson for me in all of that was, I should have said right then, this does not feel safe for me right now. I need to stop. This, yeah. this process needs to stop until we frame it correctly, we understand whose process it is, what do we trying to achieve, and what, what what's the end state of this whole process. So fundamentally, yes, choose where you want to be vulnerable, and make sure you feel safe, um, and make sure it's going to be valued because you're stepping into your courage and your bravery here. That's an amazing thing to do. That should be held in a whole lot of esteem, and that should be honoured. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I'm actually a little bit triggered by that. I had an, an event, how long ago? It was a while ago, years ago, and I was sharing a little bit about my story and someone had the audacity to tell me that that's not what I meant and that I actually meant something else, but it was my story and I was expressing how I felt and they were telling me that, that I was using the wrong words and that's not how I felt. And there was a few people telling me that I was wrong and I'm like, okay, so I'm wrong about how I feel. But, yeah, that was uh, probably one of my not the best experiences of being vulnerable, possibly in the wrong place, thought it was a safe environment, certainly Mm -hmm. wasn't. It's amazing how you can get these things. A lot of people struggle. And having a place like Mankind Project, Island of Men, all these other places is a game changer for men to express that. What? How can you be a safe male or a safe person? Because obviously you just said you had an experience where someone didn't consider you to be safe. I consider you to be a safe person. I'm sure there are many men that also consider that as well. Mm. How do you model that? How do you create safety? Clear agreements, clear uh, clear intentions for a circle or an interaction. What am I here to achieve? Um and, yeah, I think intentions and agreements and structures really help for me to create safety. So if I'm facilitating a circle, number one, uh, confidentiality. Number two, share as much or as little as you want to. So it's all volunteer. Three, we're not here to persuade or convince. 
And four, in most of the sharing circles, we don't make a comment on a, another man's sharing. It's just he, we're here to listen. So, so it's holding space. We're holding space, yep. So we're not here to offer anything to that man or, or um, suggest something different. We're just here to listen. So coming up with those really clear agreements and intentions. And I think in any work, you will get people that come with a whole lot of trauma and stuff like that. You've got to keep an eye out for mm -hmm. that. And there's been a couple of situations in Ireland of Men where we've had to ask men to leave because they're not, they're not um, aligning to those requirements for safety. So they were interrupting. What were they doing? What would be considered unsafe? Um, I, I had... Um, I had someone just being very angry and very negative on our WhatsApp channels towards another man and putting a whole lot of judgment on this person without even knowing them. And yeah, just it was basically, I think, his trauma wanting to play that out in the group. So that's not okay. Um, that's in very much in, not in alignment with what we're about and our agreements in terms of what we set that group up for. So you're going to have to leave. Sounds like an everyday occurrence on social media. That's the internet for you. Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a very challenging topic with men in particular. Who do you think in the community, outside of Island of Men, do we have any leaders, do we have any celebrities, anyone out there is modelling positive masculinity? Positive masculinity. Um, I look at some leaders that inspire me. Not mm. just men, but women. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I can answer that question so well, just from a man's perspective. But um, Brené Brown definitely is an inspiring leader in the space, yeah. where she was a researcher that wanted to understand um, how do we connect better as humans and found out it was a lot about vulnerability and she hated that whole thing, so kept investigating it because for her that was quite awkward. Mm. But the power of vulnerability that she came from, that she found in her research is, is amazing. So what is, just before we move on, what is the power that comes through vulnerability? Uh, when you're vulnerable, all of a sudden you've opened yourself up, I think, more deeply to another human and um, you're opening your heart a little bit to another person mm. and that's going to create a, a deeper connection. Many people have been burnt from these experiences, though. So how do they pick mm. and choose? I know a lot of people that maybe early on they wanted to be vulnerable and it didn't pan out too well and mm. they put up the wall. I can speak of hundreds of men that I've spoken to over the years that have had a similar experience. Mm -hmm. I would say, first off, can you set up some agreements or structures to allow that to happen in a safe way? Okay, so it ha you would recommend that it would be facilitated? No, not necessarily. So if I'm trying to be vulnerable, say, with a work colleague or a friend, um, hey, do you mind if I share something? It's, it's a little bit edgy for me, um, but I want to share something a bit deeper, and I'd like that to be held in respect. So I think one... Uh, see if you can set up some of that agreement and that structure so it can be taken in the right way. Nonviolent communication is always a great way to express things in terms of don't talk about well, you're wrong or, so, or this is an issue, I have an issue with you. It's more this is what's alive for me and this is my ask. I think that's yeah. another important thing. And if you're exploring a new relationship, maybe just do small things at first and see what happens. Mm. Yeah. Can you explain, uh, expand on I statements? I because statements. I know, yeah, yeah. What's involved with that and why you use them? Yeah, so that's, that's a, a fundamental guideline we have in our sharing circles as well. Uh, when I'm sharing my experience, it's much more powerful if I use the word I. This is what happened for me. I felt this. This is what's going on for me. We can at times when sharing experiences talk about, well, you know when that happened or yeah. we always, we as a group experience things like that, you know. Why do people do that? Um, 
I think we do it without thinking at times. It's it's an easier way to talk about it. It's less personal. Yeah. Um, it's maybe an easier way just to communicate and gloss over it a little bit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm. So using we's and collective nouns and news, that it has less power. So we always encourage men to use the statement I. Yeah. And that way there can be no confusion. You're not trying to wrap me up in what's happening in your world. Uh, when you start using the words we, you know, when we do this, actually that's maybe not my story. That's maybe not right for me. So you may be trying to collect us all in your story and it's not not correct it's not relevant yeah yeah i think that casting a net out is pretty common a lot of people try to include everyone in their experience it's a bit of an issue Mm. in terms of mental health for men you've worked in mixed circles how do mixed circles differ to exclusively men's circles you mentioned that you find it easier to maintain integrity and hold yourself accountable and other people accountable in a men's circle Mm -hmm. what's the difference between the two I haven't done many uh, mixed circles. I've only done two or three. Um, there's, a, there's a different energy and, a, and uh, I think a richness also in mixed circles as well. Um, uh, I have feminine energy in me, um, but in a mixed circle, there's people with much stronger feminine energies and that will bring a greater awareness and, and a difference. So I find that in some mixed circles, the, the feminine energy from the women there can be amazing to give me a different perspective or... Um, actually through the intuition I've seen with some women it's just an incredible awareness that they can give me Um, whereas more of the men's circles a bit more structured and a bit more right you want to get some work done let's go for it so a a different feeling in the two Um, but that's only a high level explanation I can't probably go deeper than that Um, but that's my experience in the two different types of uh, circles so would the presence of women in a women's circle help bring out your feminine energy just based on your experience I think so yeah. yeah, it's an interesting balance where people are trying to balance the masculine and the feminine. Hmm. I don't know if you're the right person to answer this, but can you give us just a definition of masculine and feminine energy just so that people can understand? Because I know that a lot of the things we're talking about here are very common in men's groups, personal development space, but to yeah. the average person, they never discuss these things. They don't know what shadow work is. Hmm. They understand goals. They might know the client. They very rarely go into the dig, but masculine and feminine energy, they don't really understand it. Yes. And I've got some exposure to I can explain my version of it, yeah. um, which won't be completely incorrect. And I think we all have those energies in us at different levels. So um, I don't think there's ever one person that's just fully masculine energy and one that's fully feminine. I think we have mixtures of both. For me, the masculine energies are around, um, if I think of the archetypes, uh, so the warrior energy, I get stuff done. I can protect boundaries. Um, I'm acting in service of... Uh, my sense of purpose or what I want to achieve. I've got the uh, male sovereign energy of uh, wisdom and benevolence and just holding space. Uh, The magician energy of wanting to really understand uh, the way the world works and uh, how I tick and the meaning of life, understanding that that, um, magician energy. And then the lover part is that, uh, that love that I have to, of my family and to protect as well. So I think that's in there also. And then the feminine energies, to me, have been um, sometimes quite deep in terms of to nurture and to, to hold and to love. Um, creative energies um, as well uh, are beautiful in the, the feminine, I think. Yeah. yeah, great answer. You did exceptionally well. I have one last question before we wrap up because mm-hmm. we are running out of time. Yep. Thoroughly enjoyed the chat. I've thrown a lot of questions at you on a lot of different <laughs> topics. You're very concise. Now, 
Can you explain a little bit about how mythology comes into this? Because I found that very interesting before we went live. You just touched on it a little bit about mythology. How does that sort of interplay with men's work? Mythology has played a big part in some of the story within Mankind Project, where they use the story Iron John, which has the different archetypes expressed as a story of uh, a hunter coming on a journey, an adventurer, um, interacting with a little boy, and that little boy represents the the little child in all of us that still holds that innocence and that joy. And then there's a wild man that's experienced, which is that um, the instinctual energy we have, the power to create or destroy. Um, so mythology has some amazing stories and lessons for us put in a way that's a beautiful story, I think, to keep those lessons alive. Um, so I see mythology coming into the Mankind Project in a beautiful way to, to educate us on our, <clears throat> our different archetypes. But I think there's much more richer um, mythology out there that holds some beautiful truths in terms of spirituality, knowledge, wisdom, um, wisdom in terms of nature. Yeah, I think there's some beautiful knowledge in there that's told in some amazing stories. And then with that one, Iron John, um, I've been interacting with that story over a number of years, and then there's one level where I understood it, then there's the next level that goes there, and I think there's multiple underneath that as well. Wow, all the layers. Yes. Now, I thought it was a very interesting story and the whole experience, the visualisation that came with it, that it was modelled off. Really enjoyed the experience, love to hear more about it. I'm looking forward to checking out Menergy and also Island of Men. Adrian, thank you for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Very informative. We'll have you back another time. Great to chat. Thank you. No worries. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC. And when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Caram. Tune in and enjoy. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night (laughs) Don't worry worry About a thing Don't worry (laughs) Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright